The Sun is up. I'm Deacon Tom Kuski, editor of The Catholic Sun, the official newspaper of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Syracuse. And I am very happy to welcome you to the introductory episode of our new podcast, The Sun is Up. And I'm equally happy to introduce you to our inaugural guest, Pope Francis was busy today, so we got <laughs> the next best person. And that is Sister Katie Eve. Sister Katie is a member of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Carondelet, the Albany province. She is diocesan vicar for religious and also director of synodal planning. And along with that comes her involvement in what our topic is for today, and that is the Eucharistic Revival. And as a part of that, this uh, Eucharistic Congress is going to be going on. We'll make mention of that as well. So, Sister, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tom, for inviting me to be part of this. Oh, we're very excited to have you. I have to start off by saying we talk about the Eucharistic revival. And from just my own experience at the parish level, some will tell you that this is one of the best kept secrets that the church has ever had. Have you heard that before? I have heard that before. Actually, I've heard that about the Synod as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to do something about that. I know. So where is it? Why is it? How did this get started? I guess it'd be the best place to start for those who really don't know an awful lot about it. Well, my understanding is that the U.S. bishops um, decided to uh, launch this Eucharistic revival somewhat based on a uh, um, a survey by the Pew Research Company that seemed to indicate that only about a third of practicing Catholics would say that they believe in the real presence in the of mm -hmm. Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, so that was the initial um, invitation, if you will, or a prodding uh, to, to do something that would, in their words, revive uh, the faith of American Catholics in the Eucharist and particularly in the real presence of the Eucharist. So um, they launched the uh, three-year program uh, process. Um, first year was based on uh, uh, a diocesan approach. And uh, last, last year we had um, one of the national Eucharistic preachers come, Father Patrick Father Patrick, I can't think of his last name at the moment. I remember Father Patrick. Yes, um, who gave a, a, our diocesan a Lenten retreat right. this year. And then the second year, this year, is the parish um, um, phase, if you will. And the third year will be to send out what are being called Eucharistic uh, missionaries to, to help people. Um, I prefer the word renew their faith in the Eucharist rather than revive. Um, it, it's an opportunity for all of us to renew our faith in the profound gift that Eucharist is in our lives. Yeah. You know, I have to think that where we are today, when you talk about the, the one third of the, the people who, you know, they believe, really do believe in the true presence, that that didn't happen overnight, obviously, like so many things in the church. You know, it happens over time. Mm -hmm. What do you think the catalyst was for now? Why all of a sudden when it hits that mark that, uh, you know, we're reacting and didn't react sooner? Any thoughts on that? Well, I think part of it was the um, 
the coverage in the media, for example, that, that many Catholics had concerns about politicians who continue to receive the Eucharist, even though they may uh, publicly support actions which are um, contrary to Roman Catholic doctrine. So I, I think the political climate uh, was a large factor in the timing of this. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, last year at the diocesan phase, when uh, this kicked off, Bishop Lucia, Bishop Douglas Lucia, uh, led a procession through the streets of Syracuse um, with the Blessed Sacrament to make yes. people aware of this. And that was followed up with holy hours and Eucharistic adoration and various other means to try to raise the, the public consciousness. Now we're in the parish stage. Mm -hmm. What are the, the goals? Since we're in the midst of this, if, if you're a member of a parish listening to this and you want to do something at the local level, what are some of the things that we are urging those parishes and their pastors to do to, to make this happen? Well, I think one that is, is familiar to people who are um, faithful churchgoers is Eucharistic adoration, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, not only the procession um, event, but also to encouraging people to just spend time in front of the Holy Eucharist um, in the church, you know, in the tabernacle. It doesn't even necessarily involve exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, but just to spend time in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. So that's, and many, many parishes have um, regularly scheduled mm -hmm. hours for Eucharistic adoration. A few even have 24-hour Eucharistic adoration, so parishioners can sign up to spend an hour uh, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So that's one thing. A second thing, which would be dear to my heart, is for parishes to do some adult faith formation, adult uh, opportunities for speakers or presentations or videos or whatever you know means they might use to renew people's understanding of the Eucharist. Um, and again, from from my perspective, the importance of understanding the gift that the Eucharist is God's gift of God's very self to us. And even if one can state, yes, I believe in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, I think it's important for us to understand the, the, the magnanimity of that gift, that it is truly God longing to be one with us. Um, one of the translations of the Bible uh, in, the, in the account of the um, Last Supper in Luke's Gospel the the lectionary translation translate Jesus as saying, I've greatly desired to eat this meal with you before I suffer. In um, the Jerome, Jerome Bible, uh, New Jerome Bible, the translation is has Jesus saying, I have longed to eat this meal with you before I suffer. That's a much deeper, mm -hmm. um, for me, almost emotional uh, understanding that this is God's longing to be one with us. I was reading the readings for this coming Sunday uh, last night, and in the uh, New Testament reading, the second reading, it talks about the Holy Spirit being heard in these groans, mm. if you listen. And, and when I hear you talk about uh, this translation and Jesus using very similar language, um, 
it almost begs us to get more in touch with the spiritual side of the Eucharist. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, tend to take for granted. Would you agree with that? Well, I, I suppose that's true. Um, I think I think people do believe that Jesus is really present. They might not have the language to express that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know off the top of my head how that question on the Pew Research poll was worded, but I remember reading it at one time, and I thought it, the question itself was very convoluted. And I thought, well, I can understand why people might not have understood the question, but yes. I, I think most Catholics, if you say to them, do you believe that when you receive Eucharist, you receive Jesus? they would say yes. Mm -hmm. Do they have a deep understanding of all that that implies? Maybe not. And that's where renewal can come in, you know. I had to do some uh, deep uh, drilling, if you will. I had the privilege to preach on the weekend of the Body and Blood of Christ Mm. recently. And I went back to that peer research study. And when you really got down below the the face level of this one-third statistic that we hear so much about, it really became more of a 50-50 in that many of the people, as you have just pointed out, really don't have an understanding. We're not equipped with Mm -hmm. the language. We're not equipped Mm -hmm. with the mentality, it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that kind of correlate where, you know, we we don't have as many people in the pews? It seems, and I've heard the the expression used, we've lost a generation, it seems. Well, it does seem that way at times. I, I do think that's one factor. I think a huge factor now, of course, is the pandemic, that unfortunately people got used to being away from the the parish celebration. So we're still um, hopefully inviting people to return. And part of that invitation could be come and renew your understanding of the gift. Do you know? So Mm -hmm. that would be my hope. Mm -hmm. What can parishes be doing like on a weekly basis when, you know, we see the, the bulk of the people who are, are worshiping. What are the different things that you think that a, a parish, a priest, a deacon, lay ministers could do to help raise that level and to, to bring some top of mind awareness to the necessity and the, the beauty of the Eucharist? Well, of course, I think uh, for the priests, for the pastors and for the deacons, um, the first opportunity is in their preaching, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it doesn't have to be long or, or complex, but um even to share, and this could go to everyone in the parish, not just those who are preaching, but just to share their own love for and dependence, not in an unhealthy way, but dependence on the gift of Eucharist in, mm-hmm. in their own faith life. So I think that's one thing. I think another is, as I mentioned, to do something catechetical, not only for the children and youth, but for the adults. Right. Um, one of the I think most critical needs in our church today is the need for good adult catechetical opportunities. Um, So yes, a very focused, again, doesn't have to be long, but a very focused catechetical program for adults um, to, to enhance their understanding of the gift of Eucharist. Um, And then of course, parishes do do, as I said, Eucharistic adoration, um, those who bring Eucharist to the homebound are a critical piece of mm-hmm. that parish effort. Do you know that this is such a gift 
mm-hmm. that we want to bring it to those who are unable to join the community. Yeah. I remember kind of referencing your going back to the pandemic and, and what that has done to us. Those first few masses when we were allowed to come back to church, I can see the faces of people I know at our own parish in mm-hmm. Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Tears in their eyes. Sure. As the the gift of Eucharist was shared once again. Yes. And, you know, those are the sorts of images, I think, that, that really lead us all to dig deeper yes. in our hearts and our souls to, to truly understand that this is the true presence yes. of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. This is also a good spot for me to plug, I think, our diocesan offices, too. When you talk about adult catechesis, we have an office for adult catechesis. Right. And they have all kinds of programs that I would urge anyone who's listening syrdio.org is the Diocese of Syracuse website, and it lists all of the offices. And then on the office pages, very often they have information about programs mm-hmm. and different things that are coming up. You can always just give them a call, especially if you're engaged at the parish level and you want to bring a program to the people of your own parish or your vicariate um, just to expand and, and get more folks involved. The folks there are more than happy to help, so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, don't hesitate to do that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to shift our gears just a little bit and talk about what's coming up in October Mm. for the New York State Eucharistic Eucharistic Congress. Congress, yes. What is that about? Well, that um, began, I think, from uh, an invitation by Bishop Scharfenberger in Albany to the other bishops of New York State to have some type of regional, and in our case, that's statewide. New York State is a region of the U.S. Bishops' Conference unto mm-hmm. itself. So to have a regional celebration of the Eucharist, which originally I think was planned as one day, but as a committee formed and began to talk about it, um, the the bishops decided to do uh, a three-day event, as you mentioned, Tom, in, in October, uh, October 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And it will be held at the Shrine of the North American Martyrs in Orisville, New York, which is just down the road from mm-hmm. us. Um, Orisville, of course, is the place of the martyrdom of St. Isaac Jogues yes. and his companions and the birthplace birthplace of uh, St. Catery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very sacred space here in New York State. Um, there's a Jesuit priest uh, from Fordham. Father Roger Landry, who wrote an article for the Boston Pilot, their newspaper, um, about how it's the perfect site for a Eucharistic Congress because it is the most sacred space in New York State. So it's a three-day event. Uh, It will involve um, workshops, presentations, um, Eucharistic adoration. Uh, uh, The main event will be on Saturday, the 21st. Um, with a mass at the Coliseum, which is the Coliseum Church, the large church at Orisville. But we'll also include nine uh, workshops in English and three in Spanish over the three days. Again, a a catechetical opportunity for Mm -hmm. people to hear and learn and deepen their own love for the Eucharist. And there's a website I know where they can go to register if you want to attend. Yes, and it's free. There's no cost to attend. Uh, the website is simply www.nyseucharisticcongress.org. Um, Very good. Yeah. And you don't have to register for the whole three days. You can Correct. attend any, any part of any it portion of it. To. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. And there's information there about uh, parking and uh, 
available uh, hotels, uh, campgrounds, and so on. So, you know, if you want to go for the whole three days, there's just a ton of information on that website. And I know they're hoping for about 10,000 people to attend. They are. And to date, now again, it's not till October, to right. date there are over 3,000 who have already registered. So that's a pretty good um, start. And everyone knows we wait till the last minute. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's hope. There's always hope. And the, the words of Beth Hoy, our Hope Appeal yes. uh, chairperson yes. and director of that office. Sister Katie, thank you so much for spending a few enlightening moments on the Eucharistic Revival and on the Eucharistic Congress. And I just invite our listeners to keep your ears open for our next podcast. We'll be talking in the future about the Synod and other great things that are happening within our diocese that we want to make sure you're aware of and given the opportunity to participate in. Thanks very much, sister. Thank you, Tim. Oh, my pleasure. And just remember, folks, the sun comes up every day. (laughs) Amen. Amen.